I'm sorry for lying to you. This is So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the film from your childhood and quote the film, the film from your childhood, and question the absurdity of their universes. You may have noticed the difference in that intro, and that's because I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is we won't be covering The Matrix this week. The good news is Christmas has started. Bad news again. My name is Evan. Good news again. I'm joined by Carl. Carl, how you doing, buddy? But The Matrix is the film of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, oh, mate. How are you? I thought I was good, and then I fucked that up twice. But I'm not going again. We're keeping it as is. I think I'm good. It's been a very long week in work. I don't want to talk about work, but it's it's been a long one. I've been doing a lot of this doing video tutorials, but with this, it's pretty much a first draft. You know, some stuff gets edited out, but the stuff I say for the most part stays in. With that, I've taken a lot of stuff out, and you know what my street is like. It's very loud, especially towards the end of the day, and as I've been trying to get stuff done, there have been crackheads roaming up and down my street, banging fucking tire irons on cars, kids screaming at the top of their lungs. And for some reason, every single seagull in Wales roosts on the fucking roofs of these houses. I've cut so many sections out of these tutorials for using our app that it has taken me much longer than I should have. Oh my God, I didn't think I had a how are you, but that's how I am. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. How are you? (laughs) Oh. Good. Okay. Well, let's let's get on into it then, shall we? <laughs> I'm used to you having something for this section. I, I mean, I was telling, trying to tell you a story before we started because I didn't really think it fit in the pod, but I can tell you it now if you want because you interrupted me to fuck up an intro three times. I, I did. <laughs> but I was trying to tell you that where I used to work, that we used to have a cake day last Thursday of every month. What's and a cake day? People, I'm sorry, I all, stopped you at the start. People bring in cakes. We oh. all sit around and eat cakes. Is that a thing? I mean, it was a thing there. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Sorry for everyone <laughs> who knows that cake day is real. I don't, th- yeah, I don't think it's like a, 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 an event on the calendar or anything. But... <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> but yeah, last Thursday of every month, everyone would just gather from the different teams, have cake, coffee, and chat. And I worked with a girl and she would always like avoid this day saying that she was intolerant to this, intolerant to that. I can't have cakes. I'm gluten intolerant. Don't want to touch this. I've got an intolerance to nuts. And this went on for a while. And she was always intolerant to everything. And in the end, one of us just brought up, like, like, what aren't you intolerant to? Like, did the test just come up with everything? And she said, well, I didn't do like a medical test. What I did was I went to a homeopathic doctor and what they would do is they she made me lay on a bed and put both my arms out to the side. And then she would place, say, a piece of white bread on my hand. Oh, my and God. And then put, push on my arm. And if I like struggled to resist, that was a sign that I was intolerant to the thing that was in my hand and it was making me weak. I was going to joke that the guy put bits of cake on all her chakras. <laughs> Essentially, that's what he did. Or she. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's beyond batshit mental. And I think she was paying quite a lot of money per session for this. I, I, of course, yeah. You pay but a premium for... You've got to love a grifter like that, haven't you? 
what is that kind of medicine called? Homeopathic? Nonsense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's yeah. what I said. That, oh, that, that's where I got that word from then. I knew I couldn't come up with that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is nonsense. And also a very tenuous link to the episode, but I'm glad you told it, which I did force you to do. But who <laughs> looks the tit now? <laughs> do you want to do another intro quick? I'll leave all the intros in so people know why that's funny. <laughs> I'll put all the botched intros at the end. (laughs) There we go. We've just doubled our episode length. This week, we have watched Jingle All the Way 1996, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jake Lloyd, uh, who many of you might not know, but he was little Anakin Skywalker from The Phantom Menace and who is in heaps of trouble now. If If this was Halloween and I was doing fact facts, you absolutely know it would be about him. But this is the Christmas season, and I, I, I've got nothing. So we're doing the movie. Uh, here comes the plot synopsis. Oh, I'm struggling now. I, I, I've still got the intros going around in my head, so I really don't know how to keep my patter going. Workaholic, Howard. Workaholic, Howard Langston. Brackets. Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to make things up to his son, Jamie, Jake Lloyd, and his wife, Liz, Rita Wilson. He promises to get Jamie the hottest toy of the season. Turbo Man. Even though it's Christmas Eve and the toy is practically sold out. It's definitely sold out. As Langston hunts down the elusive gift, he runs into mailman Myron, played by Sinbad. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on him. I didn't know who he was. I'm aware of his name. I know a fact about him, but he was a comedian from that era. Another farmer. Farmer? Another father on the same quest. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll keep putting all these bits in the outro. (laughs) With the clock winding down, Langston's moral code is tested. Langston's moral code is tested, and he starts to learn the real meaning of Christmas. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Carl. That was truly... I'm just... An abomination. Two farmers looking to find the Turbo Men toy. (laughs) Who are, who are... Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there now, mate. Yeah. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. I, I recommend, I don't know if it's right, but it's not what you're saying, and I think it's less cancelable. Oh, that's... So the movie opens. <laughs> but yeah, before we start... You want to talk about that plot synopsis and how completely incorrect it was? <laughs> is that the farmer's bit, or... Yeah, because that oh. was completely incorrect. No, because that's going to... I'm going to edit in that... I'm going to edit that into something that was correct. I am really reeling, Carl. I'm so no, worried about the rest of the Before we start, you, you told me that I'm the one that introduced you to this movie. Oh, yes. Yes. And I have no memory of this whatsoever. Up until up until watching it, I didn't think I'd seen this movie until, uh, until realising, oh, shit, I have seen this, but I thought that this movie was the last action hero because he's trying to find the last action hero. My entire life, I've thought that this story was the story. Now, I don't know if I've seen The Last Action Hero, Evan. I don't know you what my life is. You've mentioned that movie to me, and I'm now worried that this story is based on that fallacy. But So, come back in time with me for a moment, Cole. Seven years to when we lived together. Mm. Uh, it was probably around Christmas time, and you'd asked me if I'd seen this movie, and I said no, and I thought that was the end of the conversation. But, like, many times when we had fuck all to do, and just the house to ourselves because we both finished our shifts at about 10 a.m. in the morning. You immediately put on this movie for me. And then we, I think we sat in silence all the way through just witnessing this. And then at the end, 
you pulled straight on the credits and then you turned to me and went, what did you think? And I felt like I had to lie to you and tell you it was good because we we just sat through it. And I love you. I love you, Cole. And now look at, look at us now. I hated this movie then. And I'm not <laughs> going to spoil anything because I'm pretty negative throughout. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I don't know how it's a Christmas movie. It's I mean, very barely about Christmas. None of that story sounds like us. I feel like there would have been witty back and forth. One of us would have given some sort of incredible intro to the movie that went perfectly first time. And we would just make comments throughout and just bounced ideas off each other. And nothing would have gone wrong. We sat in silence. I said I didn't like it. And then you said to me, we should start a podcast. And now look at us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you turned to me and said, I didn't really like that movie. And I said, well, I do like that movie. We should start a podcast with this exact same premise. (laughs) And thus it was born. And then we had a little baby named Sam. And he's the funniest one. Yes, um, so no, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the first and only time I've seen this movie, and, well, let's not ruin anything, let's, let's pile through. This will be a good episode. <laughs> Strap in, everyone! <laughs> a good place to start is the basis of what's wrong with Arnie in this movie. I don't know what his character's name is, so we're calling him Arnie all the way through. He owns what I think is a mattress company, and he is... As busy as you can be on Christmas Eve Eve. He is not at home. He's taking orders. He's signing contracts all the way up to the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's already stretching my imagination that this is like peak mattress season in this movie. Who's buying mattresses at Christmas? Like, that's a big expense item. Who's buying 200 king-size mattresses at Christmas, Evan? Exactly! That is the first customer order. To, well, it's at the end of the day. I wouldn't so even order that many king-size mattresses on National Mattress Day. <laughs> Was it natural, National Mattress Day? Uh, Yesterday. Wait, hang on. In real life or in the movie? Never. I made it up. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Just like cake day? Just like cake day. There's no cake day. <laughs> I celebrate different holidays to you. What can I say? It's like St. Andrew's Day, is it? We we don't get that off, but you get cake day and mattress day. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the start of this movie, sort of, I was going to say to remember the movie Hook, but you've, I assume you've seen the movie Hook. Many times. Yeah. Just the the dad who's work-obsessed, he's got a serious business, and he's always working, 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 never got time for his kids. This feels like satire of that idea, because big shot banker in Hook, you go, yeah, the work-obsessed nut. Man getting absolutely obsessed with selling mattresses to the point where he's missing Christmas seems like it's just taking the piss out of the idea. He's selling mattresses, heaven. Yes. 200 mattresses in one order. King-size mattresses. At no point does this movie treat that in a tongue-in-cheek way. It asserts to you that this is a perfect reason for this man not to spend any time with his family. Also, a little bit offended that you used Hook as the reference when that is also the the same plot point as Mrs. Doubtfire. In what sense? The bu- the busy dad who... Yeah. That is the opposite of Mrs. Doubtfire. His problem is that he won't get a fucking job. No, he's a voice actor. He gets fired at the beginning. Yeah, sure. he gets fired and then brings farm animals home. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, that is why. Well. You're right, that is the opposite. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, his wife leaves him when he's at home. If there's one thing we've discovered, it's selling mattresses is the opposite of bringing farm animals home. Prescient. 
and that is a, a knowing little nod from Carl there, because and my next point is about Phil Hartman's character, who is pretending to be this perfect husband slash man in this movie. He's trying to court Alani's wife in a way. He wants to steal her from him. So he's like buying reindeer for his son to make it the perfect Christmas. He's helping her bake cookies and all sorts. He is by all means the perfect guy. But it's not just that. It's when they so when they go to the karate tournament where his his son is gonna get the new belt. And the big point here is that Arnie is trying to make it there, but he's not gonna make it there because he left he left Mattress Day slightly too late. <laughs> Mat- mattress Day ran over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And all the ladies are like gathering around Phil Hartman and like treating him like he is the sexiest man alive. And I Which can't he help was. but feel like I'm missing something. That's crazy to me. Does he not look like a normal fucking bloke to you? Or are you leaving a trail of slime like the fucking middle-aged slugs around him? It's <laughs> great. They love him. And he's just a normal-looking older bloke. Can I, I just, I just want to say, number one, you... 100% oversold what this was. This is not a karate tournament. It's many, many times called karate class. <laughs> no, but he's getting his new belt. That is but, a big yeah, but thing. This is, that's it. It's, oh no, I'm going to miss my son's karate class. Sure. Well, the, the karate classes, I assume, like there'll be one next week. There won't be a Christmas party next week. He can skip one karate class. And it's not like he achieved anything. Every kid there walked in a yellow belt put on a little show, and then got given a better belt. Okay, that's not karate, that's just you, dance school. But I used to do kickboxing when I was younger, and I was trying to... Because it was a big deal, like, getting your next belt, but then I realised that literally everyone who went got their belt too, so <laughs> it actually wasn't much of a feat. No. Also, was your dad there, Evan? Oh no, but he left long before then. I wasn't expecting him to come. <laughs> I also kickboxed. I also got a few different belts, and also my dad never showed up to any of mine. <laughs> and look how good our relationship is nowadays. I imagine if he'd shown up, I'd have been so shocked I wouldn't have gotten my belt, which really would have been an achievement because they were handing me the <laughs> so, yeah. say That would probably be a f- probably be a first. <laughs> the only kid who walks in the next time with his yellow belt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Evan, but. You accidentally hit someone, and you know there's no hitting people in karate class. <laughs> Which is, once again, why I thought this was satire, because it's karate class. This isn't, to go back to Hook, missing every single thing his kid does, and having no interest. He just missed karate class, and now he's the worst dad ever. The movie tries to pile it up, it tries to snowball it, and we don't really get any references, like, the, the boy does say he's missed a few other karate classes, but... You know, that's not exactly breaking the law, is it? And as the movie goes on, like, he he, like, he is missing events of a day with his son. He's trying to give his toy, but he doesn't. But really, the whole day, he is, he's spending it trying to do something for his son. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, he didn't get the toy in the first place. He could have just gotten the toy two weeks ago, and none of us would have had to sit through this. Those mattresses aren't going to sell themselves. But <laughs> well, apparently do th- they do. People phone up and ask for 200. They sell themselves. Yeah. You do feel like you don't need salesmen when people are getting in contact to buy the warehouse out every day. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Go home. Why do you need to order them on Christmas Eve? They are definitely not getting delivered tomorrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I, f- I feel like I just ignored your question about weirdly sexy Phil Hartman. Oh, right. Yeah. It's so odd. 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I will, as we go along, that we will establish that everyone in this movie is fucking scum. There's not a good person, not a good soul involved. No, it's in this way very reminiscent of Deck the Halls, even though this is obviously ten years before Deck the Halls. So yeah, Phil Hartman is this dad who he's present, he's there, he's like the one dad who's shown up, and as a result, all the women are just leaving slug trails behind them at the idea of him being there with his camera but that's why he's doing it i don't really know what is the lesson be a more involved parent and a husband or your wife's going to get rattled by your neighbor and it's your fault yes that is the (laughs) lesson the movie would have us learn yeah he but then he doesn't want the women who want him he only wants arnie's wife liz who is the only one kind of seeming to hang on to her marriage even though her Husband seems to be a little bit problematic. It's not like he's a bad guy. He's just fucking obsessed with selling mattresses. I, I feel like he probably didn't struggle to get to the top of the profession. Like, how do you even how do you even promote within that sort of job where you go? Everyone's far surpassed their sales quotas because people won't stop calling up and asking for hundreds of mattresses. <laughs> his thing seems to be his his USP is telling every customer they're his favorite customer. That's <laughs> The only thing that differentiates him from everyone else. All that reminds me of is the room. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. You're my favorite customer. My customer. Hi, doggy. What a movie. The one thing I know about selling mattresses is that everyone assumes that mattress stores are just fronts to money launder, which is all I can assume he's really doing, and that 200 king-size mattresses is just code for something more dodgy. I would agree if there was any kind of edge to Arnie in this. And I'm going to get into this a bit more. And I I know everyone that I always say that, and you always tell me that whenever I put a pin in something, I never come back to it, but I promise I will because I've written it down this time. But whilst you're (laughs) on that topic, Carl, of money laundering, there is a store in the city I live that has been there as long as I've been alive, which is almost 30 years. It is called Paul's Pianos on... A road that is not a commercial road. You get, you've got a few takeaways there, but it's mostly a residential area. And it's nestled like next to a Domino's and like a, a place that sells lawnmowers, which is also dodgy, but don't worry about that. The store has never been open the entire time I've driven <laughs> past it. It's got this old yellow sign that may have once belonged to a Chinese or something. It's got that kind of vibe, yellow background and then like red writing on the front, Paul's Pianos. The metal grates are always closed, and yet the shop is always full of pianos. So either they never emptied the shop, or it's doing so. I need to know what it's doing, but I don't know what it is. Because it has to be open for you to money launder, because you have to look like you're doing business. And if you're selling pianos, you also have to be open in order to sell pianos. But it never is. And the pianos are still in there. And this is not a nice city I live in. So people would steal those pianos if they weren't afraid to go in. It's actually very goosebumpsy now I'm thinking about it. And now I'm a little scared. (laughs) (laughs) What that reminds me of is, um, well, we used to live in Cheltenham together. We did. Do you remember the gardening accessories store that is right near the big post office building and then start heading towards the tesco there is a brand new looking yes. store that only sells like huge lawn mowers and all massive gardening accessories i do i've never seen anyone working in there i've never seen anyone buy anything in there it's been open for over a decade or more it's been open since i moved to cheltenham and left cheltenham and have been back and it's still there they sell nothing no one works there 
but it's the fanciest store in Cheltenham. Carl, you want some big news right now? Don't tell me it's gone. I was in Cheltenham recently, as you know, even though I bloody hate going to Cheltenham. And I looked for it because I also take note of that store and it's just vanished. I what? couldn't even Is it remember a mattress store in now? its place. <laughs> and they have sold out! <laughs> Evan's come home with five kin-size mattresses. They said I was their favourite customer. They said every day is mattress day. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, it's National Mattress Day, so we're doing a, f- a five-for-one deal. <laughs> Just you on the train back taking up the entire bike section. These are my mattresses, thank you. Okay, whilst we're on Arnie, even though we've been on mattresses for fucking 10 minutes, <laughs> he is so distracting in this movie. Firstly, because there is just no way in my mind that I can reconcile that he is related to his child. He is a hulking monstrosity towering over this little boy. I mean, Jake's probably about five or nah, maybe older than that, seven or eight in this. It's hard to tell, but he like in even in the karate class, he is much smaller than every other. Like boy. he's half the size of every other child in that class. And seeing Arnie trying to, you know, do these little dramatic scenes where he's trying to bond with his son, is it, it feels so off to me. Maybe because I'm so used to seeing him as like the Terminator and shit like that, but him being like a family man just makes me feel kind of sick but on top of that (laughs) and i know his flaw is meant to be that he's a workaholic but it's so frustrating that this man can't remember anything the first time it's said to him there's like a lot of scenes in this movie where this happens there's four scenes in a row in this section alone where his wife or son say something to him so like firstly his wife says about the action figure and he's like action figure (laughs) she has to explain that and he's like oh yes i got that two weeks ago and then his son mentions the parade and he goes Parade? Dad, we do it every year. Oh, oh yeah, of course. I, sorry, I was thinking about yeah. fucking mattresses. It happens so many times in the row. It's very frustrating. From, he has a king-size heart, but a single-size memory. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he gets home and his son is pissed off at him for oh, yeah, missing karate yeah. class. The, the big karate class. <laughs> the king-size karate class. <laughs> And but he's he's trying to be a good dad. He's trying to play with his kid, trying to asking him asking him what karate class was like. Sure, and, yeah, but he's missed it. Yeah, but are you on Christmas. dad's side? Hang on, what's happened? Have you reconciled with your dad there? Oh no, I don't like my dad. I just like this dad. Okay, my right, dad hasn't I, sold a single fucking mattress, and I still don't see him. I thought Bad Dad Club was breaking up. Carry on, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but he's putting effort in in the moment, even if he's fucked up and his son doesn't want to know, all his son cares about is that I don't care if you're trying I want to be bought something (laughs) Yeah. do not look at me don't talk to me, what if I bought you something well actually what I want is how about go fuck yourself kid, you can have a mattress (laughs) to be be fair, we never see the kid's bed, I'm sure he gets one every year and he has to climb a ladder to sit on top of fucking 12 mattresses and his face is pressed against the ceiling. So yeah, the thing he wants is, was it the Turbo Man toy, the last action hero. And as far as I can tell, it's like a Power Rangers style TV show we're showing at the start that the entire world has become obsessed with. And he was meant to have bought this toy, he forgot, and now he has to go out and get one. And he just heads to heads to the toy store, and that's where we meet 
Did you say his name was Sinbad? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, we're stopping on that then. Are you aware of the thing around... Do you know him at all? I... No, no. I mean, the, the only thing that I know about him is that I watched the opening credits of this movie, saw that someone was called Just Sinbad, and went, the fuck is that? Okay, well, I thought you might know this because it's kind of like movie trivia, and people listening might know. So he was a stand-up comedian from the 90s, and there is like a famous case of the Mandela effect about him. You know the Mandela effect? Yeah, I'm aware. So everybody thinks that he starred in a movie called... It's like Shazam or... Yes, Shazam. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Several people think he starred in a movie in the 90s called Shazam where he played a genie. I-, I might be completely wrong here. Please cut it out if I am. Wasn't that played by Shaq? Ah, there was a movie called Kazam. Oh, okay. <laughs> where Shaq was a genie. <laughs> I got partway there with Shazam and Kapow. But yeah, that's just uh, the one thing I knew about Sinbad. I don't know why I ever picked it up because I'd not heard of him before. And it, God, I'd not seen this movie until I watched it with you. But that's something I've always been aware of. I mean, speaking of the um, sort of the Mandela effect, I still don't believe you watched this movie with me. <laughs> it's very possible. The more I was telling that story, the more I don't believe it happened. <laughs> This may have been, but I know here's why I think that's true because after I watched this I'd kind of forgotten it was a Christmas movie the only thing I remembered was that scene at the end where he's using the jetpack to fight Sinbad and in the weird costumes and then early on in the pod you suggested we do the film The Rocketeer and when you suggested it I thought it was this movie and I was like oh fucking hell I watched that with Carl I hated that why do I have to watch it again and then I came around to watching The Rocketeer and it was as Equally a badder movie, but it was a different movie. So that's why I think that story's real. I realise I provided no evidence other than my own opinion. <laughs> Carl, a man had a rocket. Well, it's become a running theme. I mean, I didn't recommend this. I was about to say, oh God, do I just pick movies with rocket men in them? But I didn't pick this. Yes, you did. Oh God. I'm not Mandela affecting you on a conversation we had yesterday. <laughs> Where I provided a list of Christmas movies, and then you picked one of those, and then two minutes later you went, what about Jingle All The Way? It's one hour and twenty minutes. Like, that was better. (laughs) Evan's finally found his footing, and I've completely fucking lost it now. (laughs) That's alright, I'll lose it now. (laughs) So yeah, you picked this movie, and... Yes. And you were talking about Sinbad. Yeah, they're, they're both in line, they're both... I don't want to say shit dads. I don't think Sinbad is a shit dad. It's just he works all the time by the sound of it. So they both need to get this toy that's sold out. But I just love that he is in, he's in the queue with everyone. He's in the queue with Arnie and he's just saying that he starts peddling all these conspiracy theories about how TV is using subliminal messaging to pull out the brains of children. And you know that I know this because I did a semester of college in psychology. Yeah. And I just think, is this... Is this what conspiracy theory nuts did before the internet was a big thing then? Just stood in, stood in big queues telling people this, and then people just going, Jesus, fuck, don't, don't, don't look at that guy and he might shut up. And then they found message boards and friends. And now we have to live in a world where they think they're right. See, I took this scene as him trying... Like, later on when we found out he's a bit crazy and he's willing to do anything for this doll, I, I assumed he was just trying to clear that crowd by making everyone think he was crazy. But then 
much later on, he is more than willing to pretend he's got a bomb. So he could have just done that there and then, I suppose. Honestly, I can't put my finger on this character. I don't know if he's genuinely crazy or if he just cares that much about getting the toy for his kid. I never got the vibe that he's a bad dad, nor that he worked a lot. I mean, he's a postman. They're, they're set shifts. You're a civil servant. You're forgetting this is America. They probably aren't oh, set shifts. Oh, you are absolutely right. My bad. <laughs> I forgot. We're, we're, <laughs> we're in yeah. the Wild West, baby, where yeah. people order 200 mattresses a day. <laughs> <laughs> Workers' rights. Yeah, no, you're right. I you was will go pick up those mattresses the, on Christmas Day, thank the you. The post office where they pay the staff in stamps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I tell you about I told you about my um, little stamp ordeal, didn't I, where they sent me £10 worth of stamps for that you microphone? Did. You did. Yeah. In your how you're doing. I love that. And. I got quite drunk on the last podcast and then messaged them asking if I could post myself down to Bristol to see you boys. Um, so yeah, no, no, they did inform me that humans cannot be sent in the post. I have that in. I have uh, an actual I have an official post yeah, office email screenshot saying humans cannot be sent in the post. I in case that. anyone was wondering, because it's not in their F- it's, not, it's not in their frequently asked questions. To be fair, I'd love to have been in the room with them when they read that. Because they, they'll know it was a joke, but like there was some manager in there who's like, you've, you've got to tell him he can't post himself. You have to. There was that little bit in me that was just going, yeah, I would give you a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'd have to like stick the stamps on my forehead or anything, but you know, just a little lift down to Bristol. I'm sure a truck travels that way. Yeah, I, I tap as a postman driving from the north of England to the south of England, but I almost doxed you then, Cole. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think my my accent dress. doxes me anyway, I think. <laughs> yeah. That is not a southern man. Where were we? Yeah, so this movie just, from this point onwards, with Sinbad and the cues, and everyone just starts going to fucking war in all these stores over toys. Not even Turbo Man toys. Everyone is laughing at these two, except these two. Even the other people who are trashing the store to get toys think these guys are fucking morons. For thinking they can get a Turbo Man toy. They're laughing that they want... Not a Sinbad toy. What is this guy called? Turbo, Turbo Man. Man. God, it's so fucking off-brand. I can't remember the name. So many times I was trying to write down what that toy was called. and I couldn't remember and I had to go back and check my first note. I've got a bad review coming up that complains about this. But why not pick a real toy? You've got real characters in this. There is a it- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle at the end of this movie. Pick that. It is it is surprising that they do this huge what almost feel what you could almost describe as an hour and twenty minute advert for how amazing this toy is. You've got to watch the show, you've got everyone's got to have the toys, there's gonna to be movies, and it doesn't exist. Wait, hang on, did they ever try to sell it? I don't think there was ever a Turbo Man toy. Oh, I think that's worth a quick Google, you know. Usually I wouldn't want to do this mid pod, but maybe they were trying to make a sale. Okay, so you can buy them now but I don't know when this was made. So there is a an actual Turbo Man action figure here. There's even a Funko Pop. <laughs> It'd have been interesting if that was their plan. Like, they'd seen what George Lucas did with Star Wars, made, you know, a real movie, and then we made were, loads we were of kids. merchandise. We were, like, oh, you know, we, we were kids around this time. I was After two. these years. All right, you, you were two, I was four. I would have known if someone had a Turbo... No one had Turbo Man. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't know anyone with a Turbo Man. Just... No, it was a failure if they did try to sell it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it was the failure of a an advertisement. A toy you make Toy Story and then everyone's got Woody and Buzz or something like that. It felt like that sort of thing. Yes, yes. 
but for a toy that, yeah, just as far as I'm aware, was not brought out to be sold on mass at the time, which they probably could have done and made some money back on their absolute. Well, I'm gonna say I say bomb of a film. I didn't check, but yeah, because then this movie it almost becomes like an anti-Christmas Christmas movie because it doesn't sell the spirit of Christmas. Not it's then just all. a montage of people beating the living shit out of each other in toy stores trying to get toys. Whilst we're on this, why is this called Jingle All the Way? <laughs> it's not a pun on anything. It's not. Any, I mean, they play the song like covered by different people throughout the movie way too many times, but there is. No link between the movie, other than it being a Christmas movie, and the name, Jingle All The Way. Can I throw the only theory I had about that out, which Please. could be wrong and just incredibly shit, but it just seemed like the whole movie, for a certain amount of time, was just a commentary on how materialistic and commercialised Christmas has become, and how everyone's just, they're not even spending time together because they're all out trying to buy more shit. Instead of spending time with his family... He's out trying to buy the perfect toy and just missing Christmas. It's a jingle all the way. Oh, like... Money. Yeah. What's the best I could come up with. I like that. I like that a lot. But I don't feel like that's it. I don't feel like they thought that. And often we're in this predicament here, Cole, where you say something that I really want to believe is the truth because it adds a profound layer to an experience that was mostly negative for me. But I just don't believe they're on your level. I don't think they are. <laughs> I think they thought, I don't even think this was a Christmas movie when it started. They just got Arnie. They started building a movie around that. They wanted to put him in a nice family movie. They're like, oh, we can make merchandise stuff. You know, this is a winning formula now. We've got Arnie. We've got a big movie. And then they're like, oh, what's even better than having merchandise and Arnie? Let's make it a Christmas movie. People love Christmas movies. And then they just slapped Jingle all the way on it. And it's got nothing to do with anything other than the songs that are played in the background fucking constantly. Yeah, it's just now a montage of shit. Oh yeah, he's going store to store. He cannot find the toy anywhere. Obviously, otherwise, this movie would have been shorter. And then they hear that one store got some, and they all head over there, and then they're holding this lottery with all the uh, bouncy balls. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, already odd because these the guy who's like managing the store. This is a chain store. You can tell it looks like a Harrods or something. This guy's decided to just skim straight off the top. Yeah, yeah. He's like the 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 price of all toys is now double, and that's the only conclusion you can draw because it's not like he's trying to make money for the store. Is it? He doesn't give a shit. He he doesn't own it. He's not working if he owns this massive chain store. But anyway, I don't even give a shit about that. It's when the ball bounces away and Arnie's <laughs> Arnie's chasing it. And it's the continuation of the onslaught of things I can't believe about this movie. And it's where Arnie chases the ball down an escalator. He jumps over the side of the escalator and onto a piano. And I pause the movie because the piano held. And I don't believe any piano could hold under Arnie jumping on it. And then I stopped and I thought, maybe it's a stunt piano. So I googled stunt pianos, call. There's no such thing as stunt pianos, so now I don't know what to believe. Can a piano hold on his weight, or are there such a thing as stunt pianos, and I'm the first one outside of the industry to discover them? All I'm thinking is, that this is why you delayed the recording by an hour, because you were googling stunt pianos. <laughs> I phoned my guy, Paul, in the piano store. He didn't answer. It's always closed. <laughs> 
<laughs> one stamp piano was brought in assuming it was going to be hoisted up to a window and then accidentally dropped and then was told no Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to jump on you like, no no we're trained for one thing <laughs> and yeah so I mean yeah he chases his bouncy ball that gets away there's yeah. the odd joke about oh no is he molesting that child which pops up yeah. a lot in 90s movies it, it does but I'll tell you what Pops up to me more in 90s movies, Cole, and the first big one since Casper, so you already know what I'm about to say. I didn't even notice he molested the kid. I was so surprised. As he was running around the mall, some absolutely gumpy-looking kids in this. (laughs) (laughs) The kid who eats the ball, the one he supposedly molests, looks exactly, exactly like my great-aunt, who is... old as dirt and she looks fine for my great aunt not so fucking good for a three-year-old i just saw i saw saw that kid and just went that is a horror movie child for one it is like one that's just screaming hereditary that that, that kid should just be yeah just on a tricycle wheeling through a hallway oh that's even more perfect he does look she does look like yeah i was gonna say I, i just i wrote that is a haunting little boy. And then he just goes, <laughs> little girl? I was like, what? 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 <laughs> just a random child with a 60s bowl cut for some reason. It's dressed exactly like a 60s child. And exactly every like Danny. He's the striped red and white shirt and then blue dungarees. And then the uh, bowl cut, yeah. But yeah, he gets told off because they think he's trying to molest the child. Doing a Rowan Atkinson. Doing a Rowan Atkinson from the movie Rat Race, yes. not a Rowan Atkinson in real life, as far as we're aware. As far a- as we're aware. Allegedly. Happy to pile on, though, when that news comes out. <laughs> allegedly. Just throw it in there. Um, and then we get introduced to my favourite characters for this whole thing. The mall centre and his elf. Yes! Wait! Sorry. I've been excited to get to this. Did you not think this was the inspiration for Bad 2003's Santa. Bad Santa? Yeah. Yes. The same setup going on there. You've seen it, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Is it too fantastic to do on the pod? Probably. Okay. I was worried about that. It. I watched it far too young, and I think I was probably about the same age as Ball Cut Kid when I saw it. But uh, I mean, that kid looked like she'd seen some shit, to be fair. Well, to be fair, my great aunt is 78. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these, these guys have to have inspired, even subliminal, subliminally, Bad Santa. They're too perfect. Yeah, it's startling how close it is. But yeah, I, I'm still not fully sure I understand this whole mall Santa gang thing that now comes. Oh my God. But the way they're introduced in that they've got a Turbo Man toy and they'll sell it to him. And in order to prove that, They've got a Polaroid of them holding him, holding a Turbo Man toy like a hostage with today's newspaper. That is genius. That is a so funny, good. that is a great bit. And this is my favourite part of the movie. Probably it's only redeeming quality. Same. This this whole section yeah. is so clever. When they go to the warehouse and every mall Santa is there, they're all working on this same scheme trying to sell these, what turns out to be dodgy counterfeit like spanish speaking turbo men to unwitting people and it's it's just such a brilliant scene or almost because it likes it looks kind of multiversal you've got like these 
Santas from all shades of life. They're all in like different colored. Well, they're all shades of red, but none of them look right. None of them look like the real Santa. It's so fun. And then they get upset that he's like trying to renege on the deal they've made with them. And there's a bit of a brawl. And I also appreciated the balls everybody in that room has to have, even though he's dressing down in this movie. Arnie is still massive. So it is a really fun scene. Yeah, they they don't mention enough that how fucking enormous he is. There's a slight reference to it where Phil Hartman says you won't be able to bench press your way out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the kid probably has some semblance of a fair argument that his dad's not around enough when his dad must spend three hours in the gym every night by the look of him. And it's odd that it's not mentioned in the movie at all until that Phil Hartman scene, but nothing about the gym or him working out is mentioned. It's even like they they try to distract you from it because he's always wearing clothes that don't make him look fit and he's never really doing movements that accentuate his muscles anyway until like one scene where he raises his arm and you see everything pop up. Because for a moment I thought, oh, maybe he just lost a load of weight for this movie because he was focusing on his Hollywood career until he did that. And then I realized, oh, they've been hiding it. They've wanted him to look like a normal guy this entire time. And he's actually still a hulking beast. There probably is a story behind this because why do you get Arnie to not? Yeah. Why do you get him? What's the point that he must have cost a lot to begin with? He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the height of his career. This is, yeah. This is a year after Terminator 2. Is this, this is just before, yeah. So that's 97 where he did um, Mr. Freeze. So 97 is where he did Mr. Freeze, right? That's the Batman and Robin. Yeah, was this two, was this 93 or 96? This is 96. Okay, so it's four years after Terminator 2, my bad. Four? But Okay, but still. Yeah, he's still a huge name. And it just seems weird to get someone who's built like Arnold's. He's built like, all you have today is say is built like Arnie, and everyone knows what that means. To just play every man dead. I almost feel like in the initial script... Turbo Man was a real person and he was him and that's why he was never home. That would have made the perfect sense. Mm. Yeah, this is I think this this Santa scene is where I thought it re- that it really is an anti-Christmas Christmas movie in that even Santa's are portrayed as absolute grifting scumbags. We're going to sell him a broken fucked up toy that doesn't even speak English for Christmas that they were like, "Yeah, just let your kid open it on Christmas day." It it's just another Christmas is about money, not people thing. That's all. They were just trying to get him to pay above market value for a broken product. Was that really prevalent? Of a t- I, I mean, I was a child in the 90s. I don't remember this, but was this like high cost, low effort product as big then as it is now? I couldn't say. I always thought that like the whole everyone going into stores and beating the shit out of each other over toys or over anything was all was a very Black Friday early two thousands onwards thing. I did see a bad view equating it to like that. Yeah, they were like, "Is that why Black Fridays are like like this film had any sort of cultural fucking impact?" <laughs> but yeah, someone watched this and went, "Yeah, people really don't kick the shit out of each other enough in stores. We need to make that happen." <laughs> I've got a bomb. Ninety <laughs> percent <laughs> off everything. That'll get some fights going. I also loved in this scene where the cops turn up to bust this Santa ring, and. To get out of it, Arnie picks up a fake FBI badge he finds just lying around, turns around and pretends to be an undercover cop. But I posit to you, shouldn't he have been dressed like Santa if he was undercover? If he was undercover, shouldn't he have looked more like the people he was undercover with, not like the cops who were busting them? 
So why is the movie called Jingle All The Way? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you what I fucking hated. Jake Lloyd, yes, a child. Yeah, okay, yep, Jake Lloyd, cool. Next. But his acting in this, or rather his dialogue in this, is just shouting. He shouts all his lines and it doesn't become more prevalent until the end of the movie where he's on the phone with his dad Hmm. and he is just having a normal conversation at first, but he is shouting the entire time. And then the conversation has to escalate to shouting, but Jake Lloyd realizes he's maxed out. So he just continues at the same volume. And I can't remember if he's shouting all the way through or if all children just shout whilst they're acting, but this really impacted my ability to watch it, Cole. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be very easy to jump on the Jake child. Jake Lloyd is a not a very good actor bandwagon. So let's do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've seen The Phantom Menace. He didn't... Yeah, was he shouting in that? Like that no, but really he wasn't me... good. Oh, no, sure. But yeah. no children are good, he, he, really. Uh, I mean, I think that's unfair to some From child this actors. Era. But yeah, he, Come on, you've he watched is... Goosebumps with me. And, but you've seen Home Alone, which I assume... I assume okay. that kid connect. I've never seen it. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You've never seen Home Alone? No. I always said that I would watch it for this pod, and then I wasn't available for the episode, so I will never see it. Holy shit, I would do that again. <laughs> I do not remember any of that movie, so we could. Fuck, next week. Let's do Home Alone again. <laughs> oh, God, that's, cra- that's crazy. But yes, he, he is a lot better than what we're witnessing here. Okay, you're sure. Sure. I just don't want to. I don't want to yield that Phantom Menace isn't a good movie, but I know it's not. Who am I lying to? Just myself. I love a trade negotiation as much as the next man. That's the best bit. But you know, if you want to see the master of trade negotiations, watch this man sell mattresses. Hello, Princess Amadala. You're my best customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I knew anyone in Star Wars's name. And then I would join in. What's the name of the Newt Gingrich-looking weird thing? The really racist Chinese voice. Newt Gunray. Thank you. So really close, yeah. Mm. The movie is just, like, more of the same now. It's a lot more try- still trying to find the same toy. They end up in a, a diner at some point, Sinbad and Arnie. They just every now and again bump into each other after both failing to find this toy and kicking the shit out of each other for a bit. And they have a weird heart-to-heart where... Arnie's like, and I built him this clubhouse, and it wasn't very good. The door didn't work. The roof was wonky, but he loved it. It was the perfect thing because it was his, and we even made us spend Christmas in there. And you think he's going to have a realization that, oh, it's just about being there. And then Sinbad just goes, (laughs) my dad didn't buy me a toy, and now I'm a fuck up, and that's my dad's fault because my neighbor got that toy, and now he's a billionaire. And Arnie's lesson from this isn't about the clubhouse. It's, oh my god, if if I don't buy my son this toy, he's going to turn into a drunk mental mailman. And then, yeah, they find out that there's a toy at a radio station and Sinbad bombs some cops. Oh, yeah, I, I was about to jump quite far ahead. And I'd forgotten about this. It's so weird. Because there's this cop that keeps turning up over and over again. You think he's going to keep arresting Arnie, but he doesn't. 
And then there's this whole scene where he bombs this. I, I didn't know. It felt so out of place in this movie for me, this scene. It's so odd. And then there's no repercussions. Not that I'm expecting it in a Christmas movie, but for a movie that's constantly trying to tell you that Christmas is never going to be what you expect it to be, you think there would be some sort of consequences for this. But it isn't. We meet the cop later and nothing happens. He just lets him go. He's just got some slightly singed hands. And this is the point where Arnie just goes, oh, fuck this up. Yeah, this isn't happening. I'm going home. Well, talking about, yeah, so Arnie's not learned his lesson. He's just come back home to steal his neighbor's kid's toy. But there's this whole scene where he tries to do it. The house catches on fire by accident. And then the reindeer, who we haven't established that Phil Hartman has bought and doesn't like Arnie, spots him. They have a tussle. And then Arnie full on punches the reindeer in the face. And it it takes him punching a reindeer's lights out for him to realise that he needs to start keeping his promises. But I feel like at this point, that's not the lesson he was supposed to learn. The lesson he's supposed to learn in this scene is don't steal your neighbor's kid's toys. Like he says that just now, punches a reindeer and then goes, oh, I need to keep my promises to my son to be a better dad. So I wonder how many caribou does this guy have to punch to catch up to the lessons he's supposed to learn? <laughs> No one ever learns the lesson you think they will learn in the moment. <laughs> they never take the obvious lesson from a situation. So, But yeah, him trying to steal this toy, it's the last straw for his wife, who then just starts using the pervy neighbour almost like a weapon against her husband. It's like, you should take me to the to the parade, and goes off with Phil Hartman and the kids. Oh, and they start yeah. acting like a little yeah. family, and it's just a bit weird. And, and it's at, th- at this point, yeah, she's the last decent person who turns out to be a bit of an arsehole and you go oh everyone in this movie's bad that's good so he's now at home and he's yeah. drink he's getting trashed with the reindeer because they're now mates because they had Cause a fight him. yeah yeah and this is the this is the part where he learns his lesson you just think like usually in any any movie the part where like the dad gets drunk and decides he's going to be a better father is not the part where he actually starts being a better father, where he just downs a bunch of beers and then shows up at a thing. That's not, it's not usually a case of, it was all going terribly, and then I got drunk, and then my son thought I was a hero and everything worked out. No, and I was <laughs> silent there because that triggered so many memories for me. No, that is never the answer. So Oni gets in a cab and he goes to the parade to find his family, and... Fucking what annoyed me here, because this movie is just a series of things that annoyed me, but the taxi driver turns around to Arnie and says, do you know that Turbo Man is going to be at the parade? And Arnie's like, yeah, I know. Annoyed that, you know, fine. And this is another instance where someone is spitting in his face that he hasn't gotten the toy. But imagine being in the taxi where you're just going somewhere. Maybe you're not even going to the parade. And the taxi driver turns around and says, did you know that Turbo Man is going to be at the parade? Your answer is, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is a weird thing that goes on throughout this movie, Everybody is that everyone Turbo Man. treats Turbo Man like he's real or the greatest thing ever. We've seen we've seen an episode of Turbo Man. It's 90s Power Rangers level of shite. But it's good for, you know, it's good for like nine-year-olds. You and I would not sit and watch the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers and go, this is banging, but everyone's obsessed. To the point where I'm starting to think... That maybe in this universe, TV shows are using subliminal messages to pull the brains out of children. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's why everyone is a fucking weird Turbo Man obsessed person, except these two, because Simbad's always delivering mail, so never gets a chance to watch it, and Arnie's always selling mattresses. These two, the only two people who've never seen this shit, are the only normal ish people who aren't like Turbo Man, like, like the man. bloody frog in Futurama. Oh, Hypno Hypnotoad. Hypnotoad. Yeah. Well, now there's a oh, fucking. This is the whole, like, what, what do I even call it? The crescendo of the movie, where somehow Arnie ends up in the Turbo Man outfit. He's out on the parade. It's actually an actual fully functional version of the suit. I don't know why the toy company built this and thought, let's put this on the parade. They could have thought, there's military applications for this fully functional Iron Man suit. But yeah, he's out there. He's he's waving to kids. <laughs> Well, actually, no, he's not women the kids. He stood there like a fucking statue. And then the guy who's his mascot, the big bear we haven't mentioned, the furry bloke, turns to him and says, you should be waving. And then for the 50th fucking time in this movie, Arnie doesn't know a word on the first hearing of it and goes, waving? Oh, yes, waving. And then starts flailing his arms around. And then fucking hell, his family is stood there. He's coming along. You, you can hear him. He's got a microphone on. And he has to pick a kid to receive the final Turbo Man action figure. Uh, it's a nice bit. He sees his son and then he calls out and says, Jamie. And okay, he's far away. They can't see him. He's on a mic. It's kind of distorted. They don't know it's Arnie. But then he has a whole battle with Sinbad. And we get to the end of the movie where Arnie is in front of his kid and his wife. And the helmet is see-through. They can see his face. And it sounds like... An Austrian man. He sounds <laughs> like Arnold sounds Schwarzenegger. American. He sounds yes. like Dad. He sounds like the yes. only person in this universe that sounds <laughs> oh, like Dad. Yes. And nobody just recognises him until he takes the helmet off. And I know we're supposed to accept Arnie's this fucking action hero of this period. And it's just supposed to be this nice moment of surprise for this father and the son. But it's... It's agonizing. Agonizing. Of course it's fucking him. How did how did you feel about that when he gets that moment to give his son the toy? But in that moment, he, he couldn't just be Turbo Man giving his son a toy. He had to say, no, no, it's it me, me, your dad. dad. I did this. Really disappointing. Yeah. And again, not a Christmassy end. Because I was expecting him to keep it on and pretend to be Turbo Man and say... Something like, you know, your dad couldn't get you one this year, so I brought yeah, you one keep, myself. Keep, keep the magic to some it, degree, yeah. Exactly. They, All it reminded me of, Evan, oh. as we enter Carl's therapy sessions, yeah. is when I was six years old, for Christmas, I got my first ever bike. And nice. it, 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 it was um, like pi- a pirate-style bike. It said pirates on the side. I had little pirate cartoon characters on it. It was awesome. Pirate-style... Just like all the pirate ships that went around that had pirate written on the side. (laughs) They flew a flag, you cunt. (laughs) (laughs) They did and all. They did say pirate on the side. (laughs) Carry on. So Christmas morning, I got this bike, I unwrapped it, and this was the day, the morning, six years old, where my dad decided to tell me that Santa was not real because he wasn't having someone else taking credit for him buying me a bike for Christmas. 
That is such a dad thing to do. Well, I mean, it's it's an our dad thing to do, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was talking about us. <laughs> I can only speak from my own experience, but that rings very true for my dad This is also. This is why I have a gold medal hung up, sent by Sam, saying I have the worst dad of the three of us. You absolutely did bring that. <laughs> And what you were saying about magic there, about, you know, him having taken the helmet off so his kid knew that it was him who gave him the toy, removing the magic from this movie. This was just devoid of any sort of yeah, I think joy for me. I don't know how this is a film people watch at Christmas. I think they tr- thought they were achieving that with the moment at the end where Myron, descri- Myron disguised himself as Turbo Man's worst enemy and tried to steal that toy. Yes, and then at the very character. end, Jake Lloyd just goes, my dad's Turbo Man, why would I need the toy? Give this to your kid. And I think maybe that was supposed to be our magic Christmas moment, but it didn't really hit home. It's not enough, no. Yeah, so he gives it to him yeah. as he's being taken away by the cops because he's assaulted multiple people, tried to blow up a building, and then tried to kill Two a bombs. child. Yeah, he's not going home yeah. for Christmas. This, he that is kid, going to jail forever going to jail for 27 years and that kid is getting that toy for Christmas this year. Why Jake Lloyd handing over the toy being the thing that restores the magic of Christmas to us? He's done nothing wrong. Arnie should have been the one to say look I'll whoa, get whoa, you whoa, the whoa, toy whoa, whoa, whoa. next year. I need He's to give done this to nothing Sinbad. wrong yet. We've seen the Phantom oh. Menace. Okay well <laughs> okay let's end this movie call. Let's pretend like I asked you the question so you think that was good do you? Well then, quickly, do you want to do some bad reviews, or have you had enough? Oh no, hit me, hit me with some bad reviews, mate. I've never fantastic. Well, half a star from Robin F. Can't believe they spent seventy-five million on this, and the toy wasn't even a real action figure. A producer with two brain cells would have figured out how to get some brand integration into this. Minus one star for actually costing one hundred thirty-three million in today's dollars, plus 0.5 stars for sending a bomb in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one star for making it a wily e. coyote bomb that just got soot on the guy's face. That did annoy me, actually. When it shook a skyscraper, I did think he'd killed an entire he room of police, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this next one is half a star by R.D. Porter. The story of a bulk mattress and box spring salesman who was so successful that he couldn't leave work at a normal time. Too many important bulk mattress orders coming in on the evening of December 23rd, and too many important business letters to sign so they could go out in the mail on Christmas Eve. The guy was so busy selling mattresses that he couldn't even attend his company Xmas party in the warehouse. There was even a conga line, but this guy, this fucking guy, just won't stop selling mattresses. Look, this is a strong start to any film, but we are let down here by any recurring mattress humour, or frankly any humour that doesn't involve children or reindeer getting hammered. And then lastly, half a star by Jack29. Half a star because the weatherman was named Gale Force. I did like that. I think he was at the parade, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Any final words? What a, what a start to the Christmas season. <laughs> Final words, uh, Sam. Yeah. And uh, just say thank you to the listeners, and you are our best customers. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for joining me, Cole. You are my best customer. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the platform you're listening on right now. 
and follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at So You Think Pod. God, I have no idea what we're doing next week, so I'm just going to pull a fucking film out of my ass right now. Christmas movie, Christmas movie, Christmas movie. I'm, my brain is just thinking Jack Frost because that's the last one I've seen. No, I would like to do The Santa Claus, Carl. Are you happy with that? No, keep thinking. We'll, we'll stay here until you've come up with a good one. Damn. Well, you'll see what my next episode is. God, you don't need to be teased here. Until then, goodbye. Fuck me. <laughs>well a ho 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 and i'm sorry for lying to you this is so you think that was good do you and is that the name of the podcast so you think this hang on what's our name cole i am panicking so you think that is, was good do you is it is this is this still a bit no i am genuinely i'm genuinely confused now so you think that was I good think do you? yeah that's our the name. weekly planet Oh my god, so you think that was good, do you? And we're a podcast where we take a look at... Oh my god, I am fucking reeling now. We take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. I'm just going to leave that as is, and that's our intro now. My name is Evan. Oh no, I've completely fucked this up. <laughs> but for the listener, I've been sat here for about half an hour whilst Evan has sat and worked on an intro he was very, very proud of. And this is what I get. Yeah. I sat and waited for this. Should we start again? Oh, I'm definitely going to. You don't have to keep me slagging you off in, don't worry. I'm cutting all of that. But yeah, so he's he's left at home and he's yeah. just <laughs> drinking beer with this radiator. They're now friends because they've had a fight for some reason. Ha- hang on, because I'll edit back and if I release it like that, you'll be angry at me. But you said radiator. So go again. (laughs) I should not have drunk. But I'm going to put that in the outro, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sit at home, drinking a beer with this radiator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck me. (laughs) So he's sat at home, he's drinking a beer with his radiator, and... (laughs) 